Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Corey Willis from PPI. You guys are familiar with him. Um, he's been around the diesel industry for quite a long time. You know he's had a, a battle with the EPA, um, you know, with tuning and, and things like that for quite a long time. But today we're going to chat about how California, in essence, dictates what you can do to your truck in Texas or Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, wherever you may be at. How the process is set up to where a tuner or somebody who offers a part has to basically get California approval so that you can purchase it and put it on a truck that's not registered in that state and you don't live there. So we know that topic is gonna to be you know, very heated, um, very, there's a lot of details, moving parts to it, and Corey was the best person for us to ask and, and have him on today. So he's gonna go through that, talk about um, his uh, his legal battle and a lot of other things pertaining to diesel. So if you're a diesel enthusiast, no matter whether you have a Cummins, Duramax, or PowerStroke, you gotta to listen to this episode. It goes longer than our normal ones. Um, so if you got to break it up and listen to it, I'd encourage you because it, it really foreshadows the future of diesel performance and not just diesel. I mean, it, it's really automotive um, with some of the things he's going to talk about. Before we get to it, I want to remind you guys, if you're in the market, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code. Go to kershaw.kiausa.com, use code diesel20, and you get 20% off at checkout, whether you're looking for something for EDC hunting, fishing, around the house, really to meet any budget. They've got you know, knives for really anything out there. And if you're a knife enthusiast, they got a lot of cool choices as well with different options for blade steels, handle material, opening mechanisms. I love seeing what you guys have uh, have gotten with the discount so with the discount code. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure and take advantage of it. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube and not subscribed, click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think of this episode. Tell us what you think of the things Corey has to say today. Whether you agree, disagree, if you want more clarification on something, let us know so other diesel enthusiasts can find this video and our podcast on YouTube. It goes a long way to helping us grow and helping us reach people that want this information. All right, let's get to today's episode with Corey Wills from PPI and talking about how California dictates what you can do to your truck, even if you don't live there. Corey, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today about so many things since we chatted last and I mean, I don't know where to start, but thanks for taking the time today. And <laughs> things change fast. They do. Huh? They really do. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome back. Look forward to our talk today. Yeah, man. Glad to be back. It's always a pleasure. And one of the, uh, this is so different because normally, you know, when I'm doing an episode, I kind of have some questions or things in mind, but we got so many from people when we posted up on Instagram and said, Hey, Corey Wilson is going to be on. What do you want us to ask him? So <laughs> I was going to ask you a few of these as I think it'll paint a really good picture for the audience. Um, yeah. One that we got was, Hey, ask Corey to update us on, you know, his, his case, his, his thing with the EPA. And we're really curious where that's at. And um, you know, just, just an update on it. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people know we started, we, we were first hit in 15 roughly. And then I think uh, sometime shortly after that, that there was a NOV, a notice of violation. So the first thing they'll send you is an RFI, which is request for information. The second thing is going to be a notice of violation, assuming your RFI didn't go as planned, which I think has probably a hundred percent success rate of not going as planned on the government's part. But uh, 
<clears throat> we start that process then and you know um not a, I, I gotta be careful what i say still right now so i'll i'll say it the best way i can until my case is over but uh they were coming after basically i wouldn't be able to do tuning really at all anymore with the things that they set in place which is what a lot of people fall to thank god you know we financially able to have the attorneys and the fight and everything else uh because without it i mean we would have been basically forced to shut down um they were coming after an astronomical amount of money um and and that was a problem but even a bigger problem was uh a lot of the restrictions that come into play with with tuning so like one of them to be an example would have been that i wouldn't have been able to even sell a tune until it got carb certified right like where you can generally say i applied for it but then originally it was i had to wait until they sent me an eo number which many of us know can take months or some people just waited almost a year so that that was out the window and and if you want to ask the government a question um that one question may take three months to answer <laughs> you know so whenever you've got like a thousand questions well it takes a little while <laughs> so with our case uh where we're at on mine now is uh we had basically uh got it to a point to where i'm gonna have um uh should have a sentencing trial in january and there's been quite a few of those here recently and we've seen how that played out um i'm looking very very I'm very optimistic about that. Uh, I'm not going to say too terribly much on it, but I think it'll go how I, I expect it to go. So, uh, you know, the, the threat is real, though. I mean, uh, if, if I couldn't afford attorneys and, and all the help and support that we've had, uh, I'd be in prison. You know, I'd probably end up in prison just straight up, you know, uh, and find with enough fine with an amount that my great grandkids probably wouldn't be able to pay off, you know, uh, it's, it's extremely harsh, but on my case, um, I'm hoping that in January, uh, we'll have the majority of this thing resolved and then, uh, we'll see how the sentencing works. Uh, I don't plan on going away. Don't plan on going to prison, nothing like that. Um, you know, we'll base that off of a lot of the recent things that, have gone down in the sentencing world. And um, I've got less counts than some of the guys that had, that had hit it. And so I, I'm pretty optimistic about that. And I've got a really good judge. So, uh, but, but let's say that it went the other way around. And, um, you know, I, I, I had, uh, I think most judges in the legal system is probably pretty good, but let's say if I've got a really bad one, it could be a totally different ball game. And you're at the mercy of, of what the big brother says, you know? Yeah. It can go a bunch of different way for sure well i think with uh you know with that some of the other things that, that have been in the news lately and even just you know, some of the podcasts that are out there the, the truck owners have gotten a better idea of it <clears throat> and how it's transitioned but i really wanted to focus on this episode talking to you about how you can do tuning and this is going to probably be very general because it's going to apply to turbos and a bunch of other products but specifically with carb and it was a post I, I saw that you did recently talking about some changes in that process and what you would have to go through to be able to to tune a truck so what is different now with carb testing or just getting approved tunes to be able to sell in 50 states so there's a couple like a couple of points to that one of them is, is, is we need to 
focus on why there's a EO exemption in the first place. I think for us to have a conversation about the present, it's kind of wise to, to, to entertain the past as to how this happens. So the backstory of, of EOs in a nutshell was, uh, of all people, banks actually had a, a deal he was working out with the OEM and they were turbocharging something. And that was in the middle of the Clean Air Act debacle. And he ended up uh, basically not being able to fulfill this contract because of the Clean Air Act. So uh, that was a major problem. So they ended up this kind of compromising on this thing called a executive, uh, uh, an EO number, right? So whenever, so you can do the testing in California and apply for this EO number. So the question is, is why is California the one to do it? Well, obviously California has been the green place forever and they had testing set up uh, to do this that the government recognized. So you have two sets of, of rules, right? You have federal and you have state. Well, California basically had their own testing procedure, which is called CAR, the Care Resource Board. They, uh, they have been the easy way for the government to be able to get their emissions data. And there's never been anything really to challenge or certify it. It's actually illegal now for any state to incorporate their own type of air resource board, but because CARB did it so long ago, they're grandfathered in. So, um, so that raises the current question of, well, now that there's more uh, availability for testing, for, for federal testing, and say you didn't want to sell into California, so why do we have to abide by California's you know, overly burdensome laws that, that have proven to not really work well? Um, the argument that EPA has always been, well, that's who does it. And we, have, we don't have the staffing or the, uh, the, the, the necessities there to be able to fact check all this stuff. Well, SEMA's kind of one-upped them in that sense because they've done all the testing uh, that, the that the majority of the aftermarket's been using to go to be submitted to CARP. So that means that SEMA and SEMA Garage has to be credited. They have to, they have to be accredited and recognized for doing that. So the argument of we have no one to do federal testing since SEMA Garage has been started is now out the window. So policy needs to change to reflect that for the other 49 states. Um, now that there is legit 49 state uh, from, a, from, from SEMA Garage that then could take that same data and submit it to CAR, but if you don't sell them to California, there's no reason to go through CAR, right? That, that should be the consensus. Yeah. But the fact is, is that the EPA, which is a government, a federal agency, is yet still not recognizing that this 49 state testing less expensive you get more coverage you know it's it's actually it's still more than what congress intent was meant for the blue collar guy that's trying to take and, and just sell some parts but at four grand or so it, it's doable for now right but whenever it comes time to do testing for carb um, they've now divided it up into multiple emissions classes. If you wanted to do it perfectly by the book and say that SEMA Garage didn't have all these trucks already there, you'd be looking at six digits just to be able to sell parts for a Duramax if you did it completely by the book and SEMA Garage didn't already have that data. So, wow. um, you know, that's that's insane. Where generally that, I could have went over there right now and got it for four grand. So what the EPA will come back around and say, well, we do recognize 49 state testing and you know, that are, they don't. And here's why. Name one consent decree that they don't require carb testing on. 
right? You can't really find one. You can find some of these others in the past from, you know, some of these big ones that got hit and it said, well, you, ha you have to get up to uh, federal, but then you also have to come back around and get EO numbers, which uh, regardless of what the EPA or officials say publicly, what they write on paper and what they might make us abide by is strictly uh, CARB. So that's a big disconnect right there that I think uh, uh, a lot of our lawmakers need to address and people need to be a little bit up in arms about because it's not fair that for me in Louisiana, if I'm selling this calibration in Louisiana, that I need to abide by California's policies. Um, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I think a lot of states that are opposed to, to California's failed uh, power and energy policies, uh, they should be up in arms about that, that you know, citizens of their state are being forced to, to, to use this state's guidelines. It's, it's kind of insane. And like I said, the EPA, I think, had a valid argument for a while of saying, well, we don't have anyone else to do it. And how can we trust your data? And what if you don't have record keeping? I mean, it's a bad argument. But it's an argument, and I can I can understand that. But now there is no argument. Yeah. This needs to be if you're selling in California, you're required CARB. If you're selling outside of a CARB state, you shouldn't have to have CARB for that calibration. Um, another issue that I have with CARB is the overly burdensome and questionable questions uh, that they ask. For example, um, we just finished up with a cert for, for a manufacturer, and they were asking me how I navigate the cloud on EasyLink, and also, how does the how do I know which tunes the customers putting in their vehicle, and how do they know that they're selecting the right tune file? Well, that's that's some that's some California wording there, and the reason for it is because if you passed five calibrations for me, and we're going to say it was calibration one, two, three, four, five, and that's what I send to a customer, that's the end of the story. You know what I mean? You don't. It's not. Uh, uh, try to say it without being rude. <laughs> That's none of their business or the government's business, which they would obtain from them as to how I navigate my cloud. You know what I mean? What's that have to do with a cert? But that's typical California legislation. So I think that's where the states need to get up in arms a little bit. And if any anyone watching this or a state representative or anything would like to see uh, some of the stuff required by the California Air Resource Board, I'd be more than happy to show them everything and show where this is overly burdensome, along with my invoices for testing, because it's it's not, it's not, uh, this can't be maintained. The industry is going to go bye-bye if these type of things are done. I've got three people on full-time staff doing paperwork for this crap. So it's like, that's not normal. You know, normal companies just won't be able to produce new parts and put them out there under this overly burdensome and uh, financially burdensome uh, current ruling. You know, it's just insanity. Where, where I really got thinking about this was where, you know, we think of truck owners out there and their you know, guys who have diesels are all over the place. And you think yeah. of, if I live in Texas or Indiana or Maine or Wyoming or wherever, I can't do something to my truck because the state of California says, you haven't tested this product. I don't live there. It's not registered there. And I have, or the company, you know, product I'm purchasing has testing to show that federally it's still within these constraints. Like people should get worked up about that. And what the, the second part of it that got me thinking was I, I had done an episode with a lawyer last month and we were going through the Supreme court case and he was you know, kind of 
digesting it and then and giving it back to us as far as what it meant and one of the things that he talked about in there was if congress specifically gives an entity or an agency the power to be able to dictate something that's constitutional that's what they ruled but he had posed the question where in the clean air act does it say that you have to use carb to be able to get your testing done at and it just went it was like like, he's he's exactly right. You know, I've spoken to, to over a hundred congressmen on this one, and some of them being very close friends of mine that are definitely not power come November, hopefully. But uh, they're they're absolutely flabbergasted as to what's coming down the pipe. Um, even some people out that I'll say remain anonymous for now that are in the EPA are like, "What? That's happening?" So. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of the people in the higher level over there, I really don't think know what's totally going on here. A lot of this stuff's being done at a lower level. And it's it's because it gives them access to information and data on a very, very easy uh, basis. And their pockets being padded as well. Uh, not at the highest level, but kind of mid-lower level. And the way that they word things and they say it in public and that it's presented uh, is... It, Lately, it's been a little bit more aggressive, but generally it's like, oh, we don't touch that. Like, we would never have a problem with that. But behind closed doors, they'll show you something that shows that only NASCAR can exist, you know? So it's been a two-way, it's been a completely two-way argument and they have really good power is to keep everyone under non-disclosure agreements and confidentiality agreements to where you can't show a lot of these things that they tell you. And that's the protection they stayed under. But, you know, I think... um, uh, the political environment's a little bit different these days, and, and I don't think they can keep the lid on it forever. You know, I, I think uh, someone's going to pop that off eventually. Yeah, that was, that was something else I wanted to touch on, because a lot of the comments that I'll see in our YouTube videos talking about emissions and stuff, people will say, well, what can we do politically, or what is being done, or, or what are these companies or these yeah. people? And, and I know you're really involved in that, is you know, what, what have you found has, has helped? Um, are there people in Congress that are interested in this topic that they're, you know, it's on their radar. It's something that has piqued their interest. It is, but the thing is, is that this is just in our group, right? So I was in a meeting a little while back with a, a, a bunch of people and some politicians, some, some high guys that uh, these people like me have been extremely mistreated over questionable rulemaking and, and, uh, and, and perception of laws that the powers that be enforce. And some of this stuff makes what we're going through look like child's play. Um, I was really humbled whenever I was able to sit with a bunch of these people and hear their stories uh, with these politicians and, and actually hear some of the stuff that's going on in the world. Um, some people are really getting messed up by other three-letter agencies, and it's it's pretty bad. Um, I could go into a tangent on that, but what I will say is, is they're they're hearing us, they're they're listening, but there's such there's unbelievable bad things going on and people being mistreated. Um, one one quick example is there's a local farmer. It's got you know thousands of acres. And um, he illegally hired uh, uh, people out of Mexico and whatnot to come in and, and do the work for him. It's like crawfish rice farming, stuff like that. And um, this guy didn't have enough porta potties on his farm. 
And his born where they always use the restroom, the guy's like 60, 70 years old, the born where he always uses the restroom. And then like the, the shop that they use, and then you're in a huge field, right? Country boys, right? Well, uh, the DEA goes in there, the, the, or DOH, Department of Health goes in there. And basically this guy gets criminal penalties because he uh, created a health hazard by not having porta potties on his farmland. So he's now a felon. 250,000 plus dollar fine and you know other things and I was in a group of people that were all telling their stories and when I heard some of their stories you know it, it really it was humbling but it it let me know that there's a lot going on out here and I can understand a little bit more as well as to why these people aren't just chomping at the bit at things we're telling them there's some really bad stuff going on and, and not just most of the three letter agencies are just out of control. You know, what we're dealing with with the EPA, a lot of people are dealing with, with all of them. And yeah. these, these congressmen and senators, and attorney generals, they deal with all of it. So, um, but I can say that um, one of the guys here, the, the EPA has drastically affected uh, his environment by overly burdensome stuff. And, and he's pretty pissed off about it all. So uh, I do think that it'll be a, a topic early on uh, past November. Would you say that, uh, you know, for somebody, just a truck guy, not, not anyone building parts that the best way for them to get involved with this is to contact their, their representatives and, and just get involved in that process. Or if there's organizations out there, you know, maybe it's SEMA, maybe other ones, I think people just want, and they're looking for an outlet to be able to voice their opinions and lend their support when it comes to this. And, and I, like I can tell you, like a lot of people will pick at me and stuff, and and a lot of especially my my friends are like, man, all you post is political crap and this and this and this and that. Well, the thing is, is, I can say like, unless you have a whole lot of money, then you're not really going to be advanced into that that whole big dog lobbying atmosphere. Like I played in it for a little while, and I seen it wasn't sustainable. So the next thing we have after that is our freedom of speech, and almost every contact that I've made over the past seven years has been from my Facebook post. You know, if I made a, a thousand posts about this on social media, I probably had less than five actually get me in touch with somebody I need to get in touch with. But with sharing a thousand of them, how would I have known which five would get me where I need to go? So I just throw darts constantly and every once in a while want to land and it's rare, but for people to say they can't do anything, you know, you can. And our current, you know, regardless if it's stupid or not, our current voice for, for being loud and getting, you know, we're in a situation no one's ever been in before. We have social media and YouTube and, and people like you, you know, it's like the opportunities out there for someone to educate themselves, you know, don't just blindly share stuff, but actually do some homework, you know, and research the topics at hand. So, and, and be educated on it. You know, I always put in my post all the time. It's like, I will, I will debate anyone on the other side of the aisle about this, but it's going to be live streamed. No BS. It's going to be live streamed because they edit videos and take bullet points out. Um, but what I've done is literally just nonstop, just throw darts at this. And anyone can do that. You know, the information's free out there to, to actually look at data you know, and, and have a valid argument. So that way, if you do get the rare opportunity to be able to talk to someone in power or talk to someone that may be able to potentially make a difference in the situation, well, you don't want to go over there and tell them stupid stuff. He's going to blow you off. But if you go over and, and explain, 
how this is explain the situation of how the testing's bad, how this, you know, looks like it's unconstitutional. Um, potentially who's getting paid off of it when the patent started, is that patent still happening and what laws passed right after that patent? There's a lot of stuff. If you follow the money trails, it's generally there, but it does take homework. You know, it, it might take, um, you know, 30, the 30 minutes you would generally spend on, on watching a sitcom or something was well, spend 30 minutes studying what's going on in the world factually with this industry. You know, um, one thing I noticed on one of the recent deals, uh, press releases government have was they used to always say in there that this increases the 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 emissions by over 300 percent. They would put their percentages and stuff like that in their uh, oh, the, the uh, their public their press releases for the people they hammer. Well, one thing that we argued or uh, argued really hard was that number is not accurate. And here's why. And I thought I had something pretty good with that leading up to the bigger picture of all of your testing's inaccurate. But whenever we were able to take and really show that that 300% number was biased and, and inaccurately tested, and it can't be provided to a global aspect of everybody, well, all they did was they quit putting that language in there. So I noticed today when I was reading one of the press releases um, on, on some of the guys that were just, they, they released today, the, their information 10 million or something crazy, uh, that they didn't state this this impacts the environment by 300 some percent. They kind of got rid of some of those percentages and just says by a substantial amount. So where that's not really a win for me, uh, it is a small one for the industry because now we know that they heard what we had to say about their testing, maybe having some flaws in it to be able to be applied to a global scale. So to say that you know anything we do you know, we're just not big enough. If we can't do that, just keep throwing darts at the wall. You know what I mean? You keep throwing darts, it's going to eventually hit a bullseye. I haven't quite hit the bullseye yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm touching it. <laughs> and that's seven years, you know? So anyone that wants to be involved, you know, it doesn't take money. It just takes a little bit of time. And if they could just share and post and just constantly hammer these new stations and, and force it to be a, a topic and force it to be a story that, that's worthy of talking about. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because when I see the reaction from truck enthusiasts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. They want it to be almost how it was like pre-2007 or back yeah. in the 80s or the 90s. They want nothing on these trucks. But as somebody who has been in this situation for seven years and you're immersed in it, is that viable or is there a middle ground that you would see as something attainable where, you know, let's just say if we could wave our magic wand and there is a standardized procedure and it works everywhere and it is somewhat attainable for a company to pay for the testing and they can sell their parts. I'm just really curious what, what the goal is, because I think I can get lost in it as well and think it just seems so insurmountable. Like how do you convince a government agency that's enforcing the Clean Air Act to go back to emission standards in 1999. It's probably not going to happen. But where, 
what's the what would be a victory what would be the the next kind of step you would hope to see as an enthusiast as a racer as somebody involved in the aftermarket there's a couple of things that that need to happen here one of them needs to be that federal testing which is what's in the clean air act the clean air act doesn't say car it says federal testing that needs to be that needs to be accepted because that was congress that was their intent and that's what was wrote down um but it 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 that testing shouldn't even have to be conducted at a at a lab you know what i mean it's the ftp 75 test the federal test procedure so that procedure can be ran at your shop on your own dyno with a tool that costs less than $7,000. That's an invest that's an investment I think any shop would make that plans on being in this business for a long time for their tunes to be on the highway, right? So there needs to be a, a a way to be able to also sell racing products, right? Because right now there is no legal way to sell racing products. What the government says is, yeah, but if you sell too many of them then we'll come after you. We ask what's considered too many. No one's ever gotten the answer of what the actual number is. So is the number 10, is the number 50, or is the number 1,000? We need to have lawmakers be able to take and put some type of process into play. Because I do understand completely of them wanting to keep the, the racing stuff off the road. But this gets us back into kind of almost a, a NRA style argument, you know, or... <laughs> Or, or if you buy an axe at the store, did you did the axe maker know that they weren't going to chop something illegal when they bought it? I don't know. Um, granted, if that if everybody was chopping legs off with with an axe, then I don't know. Maybe government would come in and do something and, and limit you know axe or chainsaws or something. But the problem is is that this focus here has been brought in very easily by um, the push of the climate change agenda, right? Which if you talk to anyone which I have in the professional atmosphere of climate change. They like the word, but they don't know the science, <laughs> physics, or chemistry behind any of it. So immediately they're disqualified. If they don't have that knowledge behind their belt, then they're disqualified to have that conversation. We need to move on to the next person that might be qualified. Um, I have met with someone very, very high up at the EPA, one of the lead guys, and uh, we were pretty well on the same page when it came to a lot of this stuff. So then it comes back to what if the, the actual people at the EPA would be somewhat on board at this, then where's it coming from? It's coming from the Department of Justice. So we have to then look and say, well, why is the Department of Justice wanting to push this so hard? That goes back to follow the money. Um, and it's not just a blanket term uh, because Anyone that does the trace, the tracing back to the impact that the the mining of all these rare earth minerals to be able to make the catalytic converters, the DPF systems, the extra metal that it takes. The, the one funny argument is the cardboard boxes, which is actually kind of a small argument. But regardless, if you take the global impact of what this did in America, and then you take and look at where they're mining this from and what the impact was there, the scale just does this. You know what I mean? So a real conversation needs to be put into place about solutions that work, right? Because if, if, if we've decreased the acid rain in Louisiana, but in California, the acid rain's higher, well, that's a problem. You know what I mean? You, you can't punish this side whenever you're benefiting this side. So the whole entire thing needs to be revisited. And, and I think what will be interesting after November is whenever they start chasing down those money trails. Um, and I think we're going to be able to, because that's the thing, we've got to be able to take and 
get to the core of why this keeps happening, you know, and um, there's some great people in the Department of Justice. I've worked with some really good people in there. I've worked with some terrible people in there also. And um, the, the, the big part of the story is, is we've got to identify what the problem is on emissions. We need to use real data, not, not some random data of a chart over the last, they'll, they'll put up global warming over the last thousand years or something like that. Scale that back to 500,000 years. Looks like a roller coaster. And that you'll see it skyrocket in parts and then it'll come down. So like right now we're in a skyrocketed part, but we're not in a skyrocketed aspect that isn't historically skyrocketed. If you take the numbers and you move them out, it's a lot smoother than you think. And whenever you tighten it up, just like any data graph, it looks very drastic. And that's what they use. And on people that don't work with data every day, you know, or see, see these graphs, it's like, oh my God, this yeah. is, we're going to die in 10 years. You know, and they've been saying we're going to die in 10 years for the last 50 years. So, you know, it, it really has to go back into play as to fixing the root cause of the problem. But immediately, I would like to see federal testing be recognized. I don't think it needs to be certified at SEMA Garage or SEMA, but I am thankful that they put that out there and it at least makes us be able to have this argument against uh, against having to use CARB because the argument from the EPA before was strictly we don't have enough people to babysit it. I don't think that's the citizen's problem that government doesn't have enough people to babysit the FTP stuff, right? But I'll give them that out and say, all right, we'll use SEMA Garage until we can figure something out. But uh, currently where it's CARB only, that means no racing ports for any racing manufacturers. And the fact that the EPA won't give us a legal method of being able to sell race products, that means that they don't support race products. And that's harmful and, and very scary for the whole entire industry. So I think legislators really need to do some work on uh, making, a, making a way that we can sell racing products and also a way that we can test uh, on-road products without having to use California's laws for the other 49 states. One of the toughest questions I've been asked was somebody who, they have two trucks. It's like a, I think he's got an L5P and then he has like an 06 LBZ. And he said, hey, can you find out, can I make this LBZ a race truck? I, I don't drive it every day. I want to make it a race truck. I sat back and <clears throat> I love to get answers to questions, right? So I'm trying to think, yeah. who can I ask? Because has anybody been given an answer to that? I, I just yeah. kind of got stumped because I don't think there is an answer of what is a race truck, what isn't a race truck. So how do I tell somebody or direct them to something to say, hey, here's the guidelines for how you trailer this truck to a drag strip and go race it. And I think on the racing side, that's where it's just, it just seems like there's no answers to it. Yeah, the, the answer to it is that uh, <laughs> if it has a certificate of conformity, then it's not supposed to move out of its, its original design unless you have an EO number. That is the EPA's argument, and that is what they have fined people for. Um, I was just on the phone with someone earlier that was doing OEM replacement. They, this guy ended up getting a, 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 a NOV. And he, on his NOV, he was charged for O'Reilly replacement parts that actually didn't have a carb number. So the fact that this OEM replacement part on a 6.0 power stroke, it didn't have a carb number, then he got, he got fined for it. The, the thing about it is, 
is back in those days, and it, a lot of guys that do LB7s can remember as well, and five nines. But you had your federal trucks, and you had your your uh your, your California trucks. So yeah. there was two different emissions levels, you know, all the way back to what like 07 or something like that. And so the the like the LB7 Duramaxes came with the EGR system. The ones outside of California didn't have an EGR system on. The fact that this guy here got fined for buying a federal product uh, from O'Reilly, it's just a replacement part, uh, is a huge problem because that means that they took California's laws and charged this man for something that doesn't apply in his state that he bought from freaking O'Reilly's. You know what I mean? So um, we're not going to see this quit progressing. It's a, it's a huge issue. So if someone can take an LBZ and make it a race truck, I mean, uh, according to the government, absolutely not. Big no-no, and we'll fine you and put you in prison, potentially. Uh, will they really do that on ALBC? I doubt it. Um, I doubt that they would. But I would have also doubted that they had fined someone for a part they bought from O'Reilly just because it wasn't a California truck. You yeah. know what I mean? Outside of California. That's, yeah. that's insanity there. And that was just 30 minutes ago I had that conversation with someone. So that's... And, and the, here's the problem, too, Patrick. This is what kills me, is he could win that battle, right? He could win that argument. But fighting the government has been, uh, even dealing with the government has been, I mean, dude, I don't know if you can see, I got a lot more gray hairs now. <laughs> I used to add, I think it's aged me 10 years, but it's, uh, it's a battle that has to be fought. But it's, one, you got to have the money to do it, which is major. You know, I mean, most people in our industry, it, it, it's, we don't, we're not gazillionaires, you know, <laughs> so that, that messes things up. But on top of that is the mental warfare of doing it. You know, I'm a, I, I don't have a family, kids, nothing like that. I devote probably 80% of my life to trying to change this stuff. It interrupts my work all day long. Like it, it never ends. When you go to sleep, it doesn't end because you're researching laws and how this stuff forms. So, you know, to fight it is what's necessary, but to fight it sucks like sucks really really bad uh the, and the, the harder you fight the more it comes you know i mean i, I think i've told the story before but they've they, i've had paypal my paypal shut off by the government just because they got a subpoena even though i gave them all the information i've had uh uh my bank accounts messed with i've had my my banks actually have to call me and deal with stuff my international businesses call because now i'm a felon you know, it's like, hey, what, you know, what'd you do? Thankfully, they don't recognize the Clean Air Act, so it's fine. But, you know, the amount of, I logged into Facebook a few years ago, and it says the government has given us the information necessary. We handed over all your social media accounts, Facebook and Instagram. So it's, even, even though there's, that's none of their business, you know what I mean? But they've gone so far as to do that. Private investigators showing up, uh, people digging through my trash. You know, it, when you want to fight them, they come with it. You know, and you've just got to be prepared to to deal with that, you know, and it's a never ending battle. So to fight them sucks. I mean, I don't know a good way to put it. I, I think better than fighting them right now, though, in the current political atmosphere is uh, to just share and comment and post and, and just be annoying about it. You know what I mean? Just be freaking annoying. The hottest the, the hottest flame generally is the one that gets put out. So I, I think that's our best power right now. Even if in the current, ooh, how do I say this? Talking with some of my friends that know what's going on in the game, uh, even if it made it to the top right now, 
uh, it wouldn't make it anywhere with the current Department of Justice. So, you know, the best thing is to keep educating a lot of these guys coming into power as to how big of a deal this is and how much it's affecting us and our communities, employees, and, you know, everything. And put it in their heads that this is a huge, huge, huge deal and we want it resolved. And after November, you'll start seeing that process start. I, I anticipate it's probably going to take almost five years to really fix this problem, but it's it, it should have started before, but it's absolutely a hot topic right now, and everyone just needs to be annoying about it. That's just be freaking annoying about it. I hate posting about it, too. I'd much rather be posting, you know, all the dino stuff and all the fun stuff yeah. we're doing here at PPI all the time, but that's not going to exist in, you know, five or 10 years if we don't put in that crappy work right now, you know what I mean? So it, it sucks. Like there's not really too too much happy stuff about it all right now. Besides, right now is the time to put in the work, and hopefully later we'll get a, a return on our investment of time into this topic. I remember about three. I think it was about three and a half years ago. <clears throat> you were here in Colorado, and we did like a live stream podcast, and it was about yeah, was yeah, it was about like truck parts going away or something like that. And we released it, and I remember a few months later there somebody had told me that's in the industry they're like you shouldn't cover this like it brings unnecessary attention but i remember the topic the things you were telling me in there on that podcast was about it affecting some conspiracy theory stuff yeah (laughs) that's what i think the general you know person probably thought but it's like now dude i was probably the most hated person for what you think two or three years that's probably one of the most hated people in the industry because they're like he's messing it up i'm like no 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 later on this is gonna make sense i promise oh yeah because it's it's everywhere i mean i see it um i've read about it in major newspapers i've read about it you you find it on you know social media reposts magazines covering it and you know i talked with a shop owner recently who just got sentenced and he was telling me about it affecting his family and where he can go what he can do even down to the point of can you rent a place can you get a mortgage with something on your record and it's like this is happening in all 50 states and so unbelievable yeah you know the fact that this is we're coming into hunting right i do i do very few things i race i do tuning you know i test parts i do i do stuff with motors and then uh i hunt you know what I mean? So this year, you know, hunting season's coming around and it's like, I, I can't own a gun, you know, and, and I can't vote. It's, it's a hard thing to fathom as to say, I'm a, you know, I haven't really done anything here that's worthy of such punishment, uh, but it's a reality and it doesn't really hit until you're there. You know what I mean? I, it's a good way of putting it. Now, granted, I have found some amazing things that can replace it, but you know, still go out with my six, five and blast one down. Like that sucks. That's my gun. That's my, it's got a lot of deer blood on that thing. So it's those little things that come back around where it's like, well, when it's over, it's over. It's like, no, it's not over. And you still got to deal with it, you know, past that point. It's, you know, I can't say how many times, you know, we used to go to family dinners and it was all just enjoyable conversations, everything. And now it's like, we're trying to avoid the topic of, of, the EPA and, and how much we've been thrashed. You know what I mean? Like, cause you can't hardly even make it past a dinner without some type of conversation like that, because that's 90, 80, 90% of your time in life. So it shouldn't be that way, man. Government should have never been put people like us to this type of point. You know what I mean? This should be reserved for, for, you know, the, the worst people on the planet. Do you think this all could have been avoided if there had been prior, um, 
Well, let me step back for a second. I saw a comment on one of our YouTube videos and someone had said, well, this is illegal. It's always been illegal. Why am I going to feel sorry for somebody going through this who broke the law? And so I guess to ask that question is, do you think that there should have been a process in place way back when? Uh, I know the Clean Air Act's been updated and stuff over the years where you just would everyone who ever got into it or wanted to make a part or make a boot or a clamp would know this is the process you have to go through or do you think it just was ignored for a really long time and then an agency says hey we need to enforce this and you go back and kind of retroactively basically apply what's current to like we're talking about that six liter with a boot or whatever part it was you know that at that time you could probably buy that boot in california i imagine i don't know for sure but you probably could so it's a good question. It's one I've been asked a lot, so I've spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> uh, so here's the problem. Um, first, the question is, what specifically is the law? Normally, people don't know. So the, the second question that, that you don't even have to know the first law, the second question of this would be, well, when has the EPA said that it's illegal to manufacture racing products, right? That's that's kind of the kicker right there because it doesn't matter if it's one racing product or it's 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 a million racing products in my opinion the law doesn't state how many you can or you can't over the years you go to sema and you hear the epa if you take just what the epa has stated to sema and at sema over the past you know plenty of years it's been going on you'll see it going from, oh, we don't, that's not even really worthy a topic of conversation. We don't mess with race parts too. Well, you know, it, it's it's illegal, but we overlook it. To now, now there's there's a number, you know, if, if, if we see it a, a little too extravagant, we go after it. The laws haven't changed. The tone has changed. So if the tone changes, but there's nothing set in stone, then that introduces confusion. The worst, the, the reason the Constitution and, and our founding fathers had set such strict guidelines was to be able to keep people from being confused and have a very simple format of laws to follow. Um, whenever the EPA has been very inconsistent, um, anything but specific, and uh, uh, I think almost purposely confusing on the topic, very purposely vague, then how is anyone supposed to know what, what for one, what's enforceable, what they're not enforcing, because with what they're saying now, everyone needs to quit manufacturing race ports, period. You know what I mean? So what the powers that be have is they say, well, we'll overlook that one. You know, uh, well, let's say, for example, we'll overlook a, a, a certain, I don't even want to call anybody out. So we'll overlook this system that sells thousands and thousands a year. You know, we'll say an old uh, an intake manifold from Holly or something silly like that, right? So we'll overlook that. But you sold five removal parts? No, no, no. You're going to jail. Okay. When did that start? You know what I mean? And then what made you overlook this company who's been doing it for 30 years, you know, and then this little company end up being popped? That's an inconsistency within the law. And I think them claim, claiming ignorance is a thing of the past because we live in 2022 where Google's really, really nice. So they can look up whatever they want. So why are they targeting certain individuals and not other ones if the same exact laws apply? You know what I mean? Uh, 
it, it doesn't, and, and they could come in and say it's, it's staffing concerns. I've heard that one before, but that's not my problem either. You know, that's not a citizen's problem that the federal government has staffing concerns. So now it has to uh, take a form of deference on the law. That's, that's silly. You know, that shouldn't be in existence here. Um, what we're seeing is the government, not just the EPA, but we're seeing the government as a whole. They've been so used to being able to overstep their bounds for so many years and not be called out that they become complacent and comfortable in it. And I, I think the, the difference we have now and what we need to take advantage of is the ability to do, you know, what you and I are doing right now, you know, having this conversation and putting it out in the public, because I think this is as honest as it can be is, you know, with the amount of tunes that I sold, sure, it was a lot, you know, and they'll come back around and say, well, didn't you know someone was driving it on the highway? You know, if I say no, that's an absolute lie. If I say yes, well, then, oh, well, you're, you're hammered out for that. I know people are going to abuse pro products. I go to the racetrack and see freaking 19, 1976 freaking cars rolling down the highway and going busting 10-second laps and then going back home. I see this all the time, and anyone that's actually been in the field of racing or performance knows. They, who hasn't taken a race truck or any vehicle and said, well, I'm going to make a quick hit on the road real quick? I mean, come on, there's a whole entire show dedicated to it. Yeah. So, you know, where people make that argument, I, I get where they're coming from, but the inconsistencies of enforcement and the confusing and, and the, 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 how confusing they've made this makes it to where no one knows what's going on. And I think that's where we're currently at right now is no one really knows what's going on. They're just sitting ducks waiting to see what the government says they're going to do next. Yeah. That's, that's not right. Yeah, and I think it's <clears throat> there's other industries not related to automotive that I know are dealing with this right now. And when I look at the media or I look at YouTube, there's a whole there's ten channels that'll talk about it, and they'll get five hundred thousand plays on it. And you know they'll th that industry is very loud with with other agencies doing things or reinterpreting stuff. Whereas with yeah. automotive, it's talked about here and there, but it is it affects so much. And that's why I like covering this topic because it gets me to think I'll sit down, you know, and look up different, you know, laws or things people are saying, I'm not just looking at part numbers and racing videos because I want to understand it. And I think a lot of truck owners are there as well now, whereas three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, they didn't care. You could still go get no, whatever you want to do whatever care. you want. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I didn't care. You know what I mean? It's like, and the thing is too, is, you know, uh, crap, there's still stuff I can't say. Well, let me say it differently. I've sat down with people and explained to them, you know, hey, I, uh, I'm from Kinder, Louisiana. <laughs> if you come out where I'm at, we have cows and fields. You know what I mean? Like, like for, for me to be asked the question of why would anyone even need a dually, right? We're in two totally different parts of the world here, but that's the big issue here is a lot of the, the lawmaking isn't having taking place from from your local representatives. You know what I mean? It's it's just become politics. So I think that we're starting to see that that's a problem, and it's starting to come around full circle a little bit more. You see people more politically active, and they're they're you know I'm going to vote this year. You know that stuff makes a difference, right? If you asked me even five years ago, if I five ten years ago especially. You know, what you think about politics? Junk, I ain't even turning the TV on. I'm not turning on the news. Now, man, this stuff really affects us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have to be involved and can't just, just lay there. Everything's so confusing. 
And a lot of people look to me for answers on this stuff. And, and I can't even really give exact answers because the laws are so confusing. And the EPA has been so inconsistent with their, their rulings. You know what I mean? They're, they're hitting a guy, a veteran, right? They're hitting a veteran that has hardly no sales, but a company can get off for 300 grand and no criminal penalties. What's the catch? Why did that happen? That's inconsistent ruling. You know what I mean? And if you ask the EPA, well, you did this to them, why is this happening to us? They'll say, we're unhappy about what we did with them and we're changing the way we do that. I don't think that's how laws work. That, that There's no agency in the world should have that kind of power. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think we're all also confused and in that waiting pattern with that recent Supreme Court ruling and what they had said in it. And it's like, well, what does that really mean? What does it really apply to? Is it just fairly, you know, really narrowly focused on power plants? Does it mean something larger? So there's just, there's so much confusion. And I think that's what was really helpful about chatting with you today, because you've been at the front line of this for so long, and there are tons of people who look to you, whether they are fans, customers, or they don't like you, they look to you. So for you to be yeah, able to... It's definitely blazing a trail. <laughs> I didn't really want to be blazing this trail. I really wish it would have been over a long time ago. But, you know, um, and, and the thing is this, is that I know more people want to talk about it, man. I, I talk to so many people about this, but I understand why people won't talk about it, too, because, you know, this is their livelihoods. They're putting food on the table. So if they come out and start sharing or whatever, the thought process is, well, maybe they'll notice me. And yeah. now I'm in this situation. Well, I think like what I say to a lot of those people is like, all right, well, then do it in silence, work in silence, like don't be posting it up, just do your do your due diligence, because all you're doing is, is moving the scale from now to later, you know what I mean? So and I don't know which is worse, you know, once your business really gets to this, you know, you might have a, you might have a million dollar company, but in 10 years, it could have been a hundred million dollar company, you know, but you're like, ah, I don't want to mess with it right now, because this is my livelihood. Yeah. I don't have a right answer for that. You know what I mean? It's just uh, some people are just stupid like I am. And they're like, I'm going to just be loud about it because it's a problem. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it's the right decision. It's definitely come with a lot of uh, uh, unwanted burdens. But um, I think it is necessary, though, for as many people to get involved. And, and I think one thing that's harmful is for people to just say, F the EPA or come to my house and see what happens. Like that takes so little energy to say and do. And it, it all it does is just gives them a little bit more to try to uh, try to make the point that we're radical or we're extreme or something like that. If you come into an argument and you know, you know, your stuff pretty good, then that you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, that's what makes a difference. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big thing to put out there to people as well is like, don't just say F them or come to my house or this and that. You don't want them showing up to your house. Like there's 10, there's, there's friggin' 10 plus armed agents. You know what I mean? You're probably not going to have great luck going through 10 of them if you are that extreme. So it's better to be more realistic and be like, all right, you know, why are they enforcing this now? And start chasing the rabbit trail. I've been doing it for what feels like you know, by myself with maybe two or three other people that I text with pretty frequently, uh, actually signal because don't use text messaging because if you ever get a subpoena, they'll take your phones, your records, everything else. You signal. I say it publicly. There's nothing they can do about it. You can set disappearing messages. I talk to my family on signal and uh, that, uh, that they will come and take all of your stuff when the time comes. So 
uh, if you do talk to legislators or you talk, you, you make it up the scale, push to use signal. Um, if you have any type of information that is really, really good information, don't just leave it on your computer, print it out, put it in a box. Your computer might end up getting wiped clean of it. Like after, you know, in the coming times, because this stuff's going to get really, really real. And the best thing that we could do as an industry is what is follow the money. That's what I've been doing for, for a good while is why are these decisions that don't make sense being made? Because there's smart people there. You know what I mean? Maybe not at the bottom, but at the top, there's some smart people. So what I would challenge pretty much anyone listening to this to do is let's follow the money and find out who's getting paid. That comes from researching how a DPF is made, what minerals are in the DPF, you know, uh, who filed the patents on them, stalk these people. That person filed the patent, he's dead, he's got a grandkid, what's he doing for a living? Okay, is he friends with this person on Facebook? Sweet, what do they have interest in? It sounds like crazy people talk, right? But if you wanna figure it out, you've gotta go deep. And that's what I've been doing is, is trying to really figure out the core of this issue. Because when something doesn't make sense, that means that there's corruption somewhere. It's a lot of good advice and I appreciate your insights with this. It's, I was really, really looking forward to having you on and being able to chat with you about this stuff. Cause I don't, After, uh, they'll, they'll in the, in the, in the months out, I'll be able to say a whole lot more. Uh, but I'll probably be able to say a lot of it publicly as well. And uh, we'll probably be able to start getting some more of the bottom of this stuff because a lot of these people that are making these decisions and doing this stuff. I know it sounds like conspiracy theory, crazy talk, but I've been following this for a good while. Um, a lot of these people do these things because no one knows their name, right? I just work there. That's not, come 2023, I just work there is not gonna be a good excuse. Um, I, I think that once people have to answer, uh, once people have to answer for their sins, or lack thereof, but have to answer period and their name becomes known, I think you'll start seeing some differences here because there's a lot of people that have never had to deal with any of this stuff personally. And, um, you know, I think if you're working for the government, then, you know, there's a, then a lot of the rulemaking and decision-making process needs to be a little bit more transparent. So we need to figure out why have these rules been made? Why has this certain individuals being targeted? And then where's the money coming from? and why. So I think those are very good things that listeners can dig into. And if you if they want to make a difference in our industry, quit worrying about everything else going on in the world. Let's find why this is happening. Where's the money coming from? And who's behind it? It goes it goes back a long ways, but it's still current. And uh, I think that's something that we all need to work on because that will be able to establish a very good argument as to um, why it's not legitimate and why it needs to be changed. It's a lot of great information, Corey. And I, I think it's important for us you know, to do this episode now because I don't think it's on the downward trend. It feels like it's still ramping up. There's still going to be more yeah. press releases, everything else. And so I appreciate you being on and chatting with us and sharing a lot of insights and you answered like 20 questions that we've gotten over the last couple of years about this stuff. So, so I appreciate your time. Yeah. Today. And it's, it's, it's hard, man. I know you, 
you have to get on, but it, it's hard to, to be able to do it because it's so much of my time is spent running PPI and doing all, we've got a lot of new stuff we're about to be coming out with that I don't even know how we pulled it all off with everything going on, but you know, most of my time spent on this crap. So, um, and it really feels like there's not that many people digging in. There are some, but not that many. But I think, you know, with this episode, uh, you know, we can really try to encourage people to let's get to the bottom of this. Let's find out where it's coming from. And for me personally, it's kind of fun. You know what I mean? Everyone uh, with, with, with all the lockdowns and everything everybody else went on, people started digging into why is this happening? And there's been some very interesting information come out about why it happened. And uh, hopefully enough information that it won't this that that won't repeat itself again. Uh, that same exact thing needs to happen in in our industry and find out why. You know what I mean? Because uh, there's not enough science, there's not enough data that's been collected to support why we've been pushed to this level. You know what I mean? Of of, of criminal penalties and whatnot. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. And these people are smart enough to know that the data that they're working with is not sufficient. Um, you know, last thing I'll, I'll kind of touch on, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but yeah, the, recently with Antron Brown, uh, he did a great job. Uh, the RPM Act needs to be extended. It really won't protect us manufacturers too terribly much in my opinion, uh, but it is a good step. It's very good for the end user, but if the end user can't get parts, we're still in the same boat. Um, Antron did an excellent job. Um, but what I did notice as a rebuttal, uh, one of the other board members or a director, or whatever he put on there, he said there was, you know, 2000 deaths, 19,000 premature, uh, asthma cases, all kinds of statistics. Well, you know, I'm only one person, but the question to ask to that is where was the study conducted? Was the study ever conducted? And how do we know that those numbers are from these specific, you know, the, from this emissions, uh, yeah. fr from from this form of chemistry, <laughs> chemistry, you know what I mean? Uh, that's not controlled environments whatsoever. And this is things that that are prolonged over a long time. So if they're standing on on that type of data to be able to to come in with such harsh enforcement action, then that data needs to be accredited. But if you start asking the questions of how it got there and you start looking at the studies, it might make you laugh a little bit. <laughs> and there's a lot to think about and uh, a lot to uh, keep going. So we're going to keep, you know, covering it as much as we can. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check back in with you once you can talk a little bit more yeah. and, and, and keep, keep getting there. Cause I know it's rough out there for companies and it's affecting a whole industry. So it's, it's, uh, it is. it's something we got to talk is. about. It's, it's, it's rough, but what, you know, if any, if any, anyone in power is watching this, the number one thing that we need to get resolved is this testing thing. Um, I haven't been able to sell L5P for like over a month and it's not even my fault. I pat like, like the trucks won't pass because of the current guidelines stock. <laughs> like it's a huge issue. So, oh. but had I been able to do federal testing, I could take the baseline on the truck and then I could run my tune and then it's done. My, my product's for sale the next day. I'm going on a month because these people don't have, you know, they don't have their act together and they changed it all up. You know, now it's overly burdensome. They've changed it up in April. Now the process since April is more expensive and even I'd say minimum 10 times more burdensome. 
And it's taken us a month still just trying to get L5P to go through. And that's working hand in hand with SEMA, you know. Um, so the testing procedures that the states and really the, the attorney generals really need to focus in on stuff like this because it's not fair that everyone's having to adhere to California law for states that don't recognize that and in some cases don't want it. So I, I think that's something that, that lawmakers need to focus on pretty hard and something that we need to drill into their heads if they're not. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code DIESEL20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, take advantage of uh, a discount code our friends over there have given just for us, for our for our listeners. They've got something for every budget and, and really any use. So um, we appreciate them offering it to us. And if, uh, if you're looking for something for EDC or hunting, fishing, so many different uses, they've got something for you. also want to give a shout out to two of our Patreons, Tyler Lowen at 23Diesel and Caleb. We appreciate them. All of our Patreon subscribers, all of you on YouTube, our podcast apps, Discord, um, that have supported us since 2016 when we started. You guys keep us going. Um, keep us uh, focused on the information you guys want to hear about. Get our creativity going with how to bring you guys different episodes and uh you know really stay stay at the forefront of what's going on in automotive and diesel until next time keep the shiny side up